Welcome to another edition of Chargers Unleashed. Jake Hefner and Dan Wolkenstein here with you from the LA Football Network. Today's show, of course, is being brought to you by Bet Online, AG1, Aura, Mint Mobile, and Rock Solid Sports Memorabilia. If this is your first time tuning into the show, make sure to hit that like and subscribe button on YouTube. You can also follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. Dan Wolkenstein, it is week six, and after a nice little vacation, well needed for me and many other Chargers fans, as I know, in terms of monitoring their heart rates at home, not having to call the cardiologist. It was a nice break. We just needed a sigh of relief, and we got that next last Sunday. But now, Dan, we are just a few short days away from Monday Night Football prime time. Los Angeles Chargers welcome the Dallas Cowboys to SoFi Stadium. Monday Night Football, we've been waiting all week to talk about it. It's good to talk just previews again. It just now... It, even though it's two weeks, it feels like it's been forever since we've gotten into like this type of discussion as it relates to a football game. So yeah. weird. It's only two weeks, but it feels like forever. Happy to get back into it. 100%. It feels so good to be stupendous. Back here. I am talking so ready. Sports with my fellow co-host, Jake Hefner. Huge, 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 huge matchup. This coming Monday Night Football, primetime under the lights, Chargers versus the Cowboys, Dak Prescott versus Justin Herbert, Kellen Moore versus Mike McCarthy, Chargers offense versus that Cowboys defense, the Cowboys offense versus the Chargers defense, which... There's all kinds of fluff here that we're going to have to get into the nitty-gritty here, but it's a hugely important game for both teams. Both teams need this for momentum. Cowboys got the break speed off of them by the 49ers, witnessed by, look at their injury report, which we're going to get into here in a second. Chargers coming fresh off the bye, have some guys coming back healthy, which we'll get into too. Massive game. And you could feel it, Jake. I don't know about you, but this week feels different. This week kind of has that same energy of leading into week one to me, where fans have started to kind of like come back around to the thought of maybe this Chargers team's pretty good. Could they ride momentum? Like, is the JC Jackson thing going to be a galvanizing point? Get to three and two, sets up the Chiefs game. Like, do you feel I- that? Do you feel I that? Think, I think they're. Ju- I think they were just happy to have a bye, Dan, <laughs> and I think they were just happy to see the likes of Derwin James, Joey Bosa, a collection fair. of guys returning from injury. Let's not bite off more than we can chew here. It's just nice to have Chargers football back. You know, but you it need feels a- like. But it feels like this fan base is you ready need, to. You, look, some people just need a crazy. break from insanity. That's all okay. it is. That's fair. You, know, you need. You need to take a mental health break. So everyone's still negative. All right. I know, I know obviously right. you're one, you're a you're one of the biggest advocates of that. So you know what I'm talking about in, mm-hmm. in terms of mental health awareness and everything like that. So, you know, especially with the NFL, <laughs> how it could be, and for the Chargers having four weeks of nail biters, just needed to take a break. See, now we've had our coffee. Now okay. we're now we're refreshed. Now we're now we're back ready for some contact. Let's go to work. I'm effing pumped for this game. Maybe all of that is just like me projecting and it's just me because damn, I feel ready for Monday Night Football. Bring it into injury reports, the matchups, keys to predictions, all that kind of stuff. Uh, Jake, for you, I would say this 5,000 foot view. What is this? What does this game look like to you? Like, what do you see as like the big picture? storylines of this game we'll get into all the key matchups but like big picture this is kellen moore versus mike mccarthy man it, it really is because when you see just numbers wise goes from from the jump and now what's been talked about a lot during this week on the national um media outlets just in terms of kellen moore's offense his game plans regardless whether it's been in a win or a loss has worked for the chargers through the, their first four games of the season And obviously, Dallas has, as it stands right now, one more win than the Chargers goes. But predominantly, their wins are coming on the back of their defenses. And you, or excuse me, defense. And you could see where they have struggled, especially in the red zone, where the Chargers were struggling last year. They have improved by five points. The Dallas Cowboys have 
gone down in terms of points per game when they're in the scoring in the red zone. So it's an interesting dynamic. And now you have people talking about CD lamb being, you know, up, upset as far as the lack of targets, the lack of usage. What is this offense? Really? What is their identity? Every, everything is talked about for their defense and rightfully so, because that defense is no joke, but that's the real big picture here, Dan, because the familiarity that Kellen Moore has with Dan Quinn and this defense for as long as he was part of the Dallas coaching staff. And then to see how Dan Quinn is going to try to counteract that because now it's, I think it would be a little bit tougher because it's not the same personnel in Dallas. So it's going to be something different. You know, that Kellen Moore, I think is going to get, want to get into his bag on this one and pull out a few tricks. You got now another week where you're going to try to insert more of Quentin Johnson and Darius Davis into this lineup. So I think this is definitely, definitely just the it, it's McCarthy versus Moore. Has to be. Yeah, I think you're right. I think you're right. And I'm so pumped for this because I think this is a big one where this was kind of talked about prior to the season and right when he was hired, like, is the Cowboys team going to regret this decision? And will the Chargers actually benefit from Kellen Moore? And is he what everybody thinks he is? Like, and through five weeks, four weeks of the Chargers, five weeks of the Cowboys, like resoundingly, yes. And you could look at all the kinds of different stats. You can go back and look at red zone before and after Kellen Moore was and was not in Dallas and now in the Chargers. Look, at, You can look at the passing offense. You can look at the rushing offense on both sides going both ways. Third down conversions, like scoring points, second half points scored, like the whole nine. It's a very different story. And what Mike McCarthy is doing to that Dallas offense is criminal. Like I'm paraphrasing, but essentially what Mike McCarthy had said at the end of the season, and he's even doubling down on it now is we had a great offense and a great defense last year, but we're a defensive team. So I want our offense to suck more, to rush more, throw less, score less points. And let's let us be a defensive team and look what happened. That's exactly what happened. Chargers benefited. Chargers are looking to get a three-game winning streak going up against the Cowboys. And for as vaunted as that defense is, again, you mentioned it. Like, look at the guys that they went up against those first five weeks. Again, the Niners, great team, obviously. You saw what happened against that team. They go up against Mac Jones and the Patriots. Hunter Henry, like, who's he throwing to? I'm sorry. Then you go up against Josh Dobbs. Which, hey, credit to Arizona. And they lost. They knew what to do. You had, <laughs> Zach, you had Zach Wilson before he started coming on and becoming who he was in the Kansas City game. And then you, you had, had like, Daniel, ele- like He went like 11 for 27 that game. Like and then you had terrible. Daniel Jones to kick off this season. <laughs> and that Giants team is in shambles. That's who they went up against. So, yeah, the defense looked pretty good. And people, it's funny. When the Chargers went up against the Raiders, right? And O'Connell was starting quarterback. Everyone kind of dismissed everyone. A lot of people dismissed the Chargers defensive performance. Oh, that was a, you know, that was a rookie quarterback, bad offense. Like in short, in my opinion, Chargers defense did what they were supposed to do. That Chargers defense that week was pretty damn good. Imagine the Chargers went up against three or four offenses like that. Like it would look very different. It would look like the Cowboys, or at least closer to what the Cowboys defense looks like. So lots of things to kind of go through. And I think what's probably most important right now uh, is kind of the injury report that kind of leads into this. Going in different directions right now, Chargers and Cowboys. Chargers coming off the bye. Guys like Joey Bosa, as of today, back out there in practice. Austin Eckler, full participant. Derwin James says he's ready to go. Alohi Gilman practicing off the side. You got Donald Parham Jr. out there. Am I missing anybody? Did you say Alohi Gilman? Dean Leonard was back at practice. Dean Leonard's back out there as well. Treading in the right direction, right? Then if you look at what was going on with the, the Cowboys, different direction. Leighton Van Der Esch, not there. 
I think he's on IR. Mm-hmm. Uh, listen to this participation from the Cowboys, Jake. Ready? <laughs> it's a long, long, long list. Uh, I won't read the names of the guys that were full practice participants, but Leighton Vanderesh did not participate. He's not playing. Kevontae Turpin, he is not playing. Tyron Smith did not practice. Tony Pollard was limited. Zach Martin did not practice. Demarcus Lawrence did not practice. Jonathan Hankins did not practice. CJ Goodwin did not practice. Stephon Gilmore did not practice. Neville Gilmore and Damon Damon Clark all were limited. I think that some of those are probably veteran rest days, but still I get, I get your point. That's a lot of guys. And this is, again, this is kind of the San Francisco effect. feels like any time a player or a team goes up against them, just go straight to the ice bath. Exactly. Just go straight to the ice bath. So, uh, Jake, let's kind of get into specifics here. Obviously, offense versus defense on both sides. Uh, Where would you like to start this week? Dan, I think I think I want to actually start on the defensive side of the ball because really, to me, that's how that I really think is going to be the difference maker in this in this game. I have a lot of confidence in what Kellen Moore is going to be able to devise offensively. So let's flip it around because both of these teams in terms of scoring points are actually pretty close to one another. So how is this Chargers defense going to look to just say slow down. They, the word stop is unfortunately is not in the Chargers vocabulary. So let's just say slow down. Okay. And let's, and let's talk about it. What it is. The Cowboys are coming in pissed off. There was one thing I was hoping in that Cowboys San Francisco game is that the Dallas could have kept that one a little bit closer, <laughs> not, not have to get trounced in the way that they were to come in in a really bad mood against the Chargers on Monday night. But Dan, this is the interesting thing. Dan Orlovsky was actually asked this morning on first take just his general word association with for the Dallas offense. And basically just said, archaic, predictable, anemic, basic, vanilla. He kept he kept going. You're like, wait, are we talking about I'm the like, 2022 charges? <laughs> yeah, I'm like, this, I remember these words. These all sound familiar. It's, it's just sounds like last year. But here's the thing, Dan. The Chargers at at times will make mediocre, predictable, and generic look good, great, and elite. So how can they limit this Dallas defense, or excuse me, this Dallas offense from doing that? So, okay. I think we need to pump the brakes on like how potent, like, look, I'm I'm not saying that they're coming in potent, but I don't think they're anything like the Chargers offense. Okay, I'm just saying you do not want a repeat of what took place in the Tennessee game. Sure. How, how about that? Sure. Sure. So, look, the Dallas defense, or excuse me, Dallas offense, uh, they move the chains. Third and third down conversion percentage, almost 50% conversion percentage. That's great. Eighth in scoring, 26.8 points per game. That's great. Now, again, you can talk about that, 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 defense that's kind of helping a little bit there but jake this dallas offense 17th in yards per game middle of the pack towards the back half 21st in passing for a dallas offense that was like flaming last year 10th in rushing you know they want to focus on rushing they're doing so 23rd in air yards per attempt passing But this is the part that I think is criminal by this Dallas Cowboys offense is they rush the ball sixth most of any team in the NFL. Over 30 rush attempts per game. So they're trying to force their hand. They want to run a bunch, right? But they are just 20th in yards per attempt. That's 4.0. Chargers are better than that, by the way. So they rush sixth most, but per attempt, they are 20th. I don't know why they are doing this, but like being a opposing opposing team going into it, like, please go for it. 
I don't understand it. Like you said, predictable. You've heard so many people talk about Mike McCarthy's offense. He's gotten a lot of criticism this week for some of the comments that he's had about kind of what they're looking to do. And the basis is like, well, it didn't work versus the Niners. Like, well, no, no shit. Didn't work against the Niners. So, like, the Dallas offense, you got C.D. Lamb, Tony Pollard, Dak Prescott, and a mauling running blocking offensive line. Again, I think last week was the first week that they had all of their horses. So, before even getting into the Chargers stats and the Chargers defensive side, like, in your opinion, C.D. Lamb, Tony Pollard, which one of those two is more important to stop or contain, I should say? You obviously want to contain both, but like, which is one of the, which is the one that you absolutely cannot get beat by? This is interesting, Dan, because when you look at the explosive plays that the Chargers given, have given up, it's like 29 that they've given up through these first five weeks. And uh, I believe it's 13. No, I'm sorry. It would be uh, 19 pass, I think 10 on the ground. I think I've got that ratio correct. I could be wrong, but there's something that's telling me specifically for this game, not even taken into account of what we've already seen from Dallas. 13 rushes. 19 passes, by the Thank way. Thank you. Oh, no, sorry, sorry, about that. sorry. No, excuse me. Um, I think there's going to be a heavy emphasis on getting C.D. Lamb the ball in this game. Hmm. When you've heard all of the talk, you can hear his displeasure in the interviews. I think that's going to be a focal point. It was much like when A.J. Brown went over to Jalen Hurts on the sidelines and was just pissed off. And then from there, he's just been putting up double digit. I would know. I've got him on my fantasy team, so I know... <laughs> I knew exactly the point where everything changed. I think this is going to be a similar type of thing for that. I think McCarthy is going to try to get into a game plan where it's just to say, hey, let's get him the ball. Let's go downfield a little bit more. So because the Chargers have given up more of those explosive plays through the air, I think they're going to try to attack that. So I think that CeeDee Lamb is going to try to be Dak Prescott's best friend in this one. They're going to use the run to set up the pass, but in terms of like those, you know, the slow knife type thing where it's like, I'll cut you here, I'll cut you here, and then I'm going to really gut you here. I think that's what they're going to try to do. So I think they're going to try to use that uh, that running game to their advantage, see if the Chargers can, can contain that. If they can um, not give up so much on first down type of plays and get themselves into third and short opportunities, which they have not been trending in the right direction in terms of third down conversions, especially when it comes to third down penalties as well. But no, I conversions are good. The third down penalties is bad. Right. <laughs> But I, I definitely think that you're going to see much more of an emphasis to get CeeDee Lamb the ball in this game. So do you, if you're the Chargers, which one of those guys is more important to contain? I, I, I'm going to say for this particular game, discounting everything that I've seen from Dallas in the first four weeks, I'm going to say it's CeeDee Lamb. Okay. So you thought that you heard the defensive or the offensive numbers for the, for the Cowboys. So Chargers defense, you know, everyone has been flaming them. <laughs> uh, yards per game. Passing, 32nd. They're last. Although I think they might be 31st now. Uh, sorry, 31st in yards per game. 32nd in passing yards per game. 14th, though, in rushing yards per game allowed. So 14th in rushing yards per game on defense versus the Dallas offense of 10th. So that's kind of, I don't know, good to average on both. Charges defense, 4th in third down conversions allowed in the NFL. Like that's pretty damn good. You mentioned the penalties though, like absolutely crippling, brutal. Can't have that. That's why those defensive numbers have looked so bad is because of those. In my opinion, anyways, uh, 10th most defensive penalties per game is this charges defense at seven and points per game allowed 24th, uh, 24th, 24th. Hey, <laughs> we're going the right direction. <laughs> uh, so, Tactically, specifically, in my eyes, I love that Derwin James is back in this game. I I tweeted this, and I'm curious what your thoughts are and what fans, listeners think, but Derwin James is like a unicorn. The kid's a stud. But his ceiling is so high that whoever's next to him oftentimes 
like it's tough to play with that because you, you have to keep up with it, right? And at the safety position specifically, you're like kind of the last guy. You're the last defense. And when Derwin is out there, like you want him to be aggressive. You want him to be down in the box. You want him to be, you know, closer to the ball, which leaves one safety and or corners on islands to kind of pick up the rest. I really want to see this Chargers defense kind of umbrella with two safeties not named Derwin James out back with Derwin James aligned in that star money linebacker type role and allow the aggressiveness of the front seven and that and I will include the front eight if you want to say that including Derwin James allow them to eat allow them to go off go crazy but have safety nets in the background that are actually designed to be safety nets. Like Derwin James is not designed. He that's not his mentality. Like, okay, just go make the safe, secure, smart, reliable play. Like that's just not ingrained in his head, nor do I want it to be, to be honest. This is the type of game, in my opinion, and honestly, most of them, the Chargers offense will cook. It's the Chargers defense that I think just has to, they can be aggressive, but the, all 11 players can't necessarily be aggressive at the same time because that's what gives up some of those explosive plays. Thoughts. Like, I, th- I think that's the important part for me is like, how can we play fundamentally sound and aggressive? <laughs> it's a weird dichotomy. <laughs> between I know. The two, honestly, it's, it's, and you want it's, both it, ideally. Sure. I, but well, Dan, I think it's also, it's just like you, you, ca- you get to cash in when you, you're aggressive. So it's like, yes, there's risk reward in being aggressive. You want to make sure that you're the on the wit. I I understand, I understand. So if you're if you're pulling a hypothetical on me and you're telling me that Derwin James is in the box and you'd have a Lohi Gilman and Dean Marlowe would basically Marlo, be your, your roving safeties, yeah. yeah, or Raheem Lane, excuse me. So those would be your two that you would keep. But how often are you going to put Derwin James in the box? Look, I'm I'm. I'm all for putting Derwin in multiple different places as as long as it means confusing defenses and you, you're able to get pressure from different areas of the field. That's totally fine. Can you afford it, though? I think that's I think that's my question. And I say that because Michael Davis needs to get back to his 2022 form. We'll get into that in a little bit because it's a I big think, game for him. Yeah, I think that the departure of one said player is going to help a lot with that in terms of his confidence and rhythm moving forward. Asante Samuel Jr. is going to be fixed on the outside. Just here, Taylor's in the slot. You signed to saying Bassey, who's essentially slot corner depth for your team as it stands right now. But it's, it's, can you afford to do it? I'm all for being aggressive. Yeah. I'm all for that. So in that circumstance, however many times you can tell me that you're going to win more by putting Derwin in the box and getting to the quarterback or shutting down a running play in the back in the backfield, I'm all for that. Like imagine, but, imagine if go ahead, sorry. But if a similar offense wants to take the Miami approach and get the ball out that quickly, you you're not you can't be afforded to do that. And you have to keep him back. Imagine like a front, right? Imagine a front of, in this case, like Joey Bosa, Khalil Mack on the outside with Thule in some some packages, Sebastian Joseph Day, Morgan Fox. Imagine those five plus Derwin, Kendricks, and or Kenneth, depending on who's going. So that's seven. That's six. Then you've got Asante, Mike, Derwin, Alohi, and Marlo. Like, I'm cooking with that. That's sign me up for that one, please. <laughs> it's 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 a delicious thought, Dan. It really is. But can but I honestly you said it's funny, you said CD Lamb. In my opinion, I think it's Tony Pollard. I think if the Chargers can because while you know you want to throw everything out the window and hope and think, hey, maybe Dallas decides, don't this is the week, we're going to throw all that stuff out the window, we're actually going to go back to what I think we should do, we're going to pass it. Like, Chances are they're probably not going to. Wouldn't that be gonna... what Mike McCarthy would want to do, though? 
just but to try. Would, to... But he, he would have thought, but he would have thought he would have done that the last five weeks. Like, well, again, would he really have had to when the defense is playing as well as they were? So they were afforded to basically play like that because they had the opportunities to do so. Maybe. Yeah, that's possible. But let's just, let's just say they stick with what they've been doing. You can't let Tony Pollard go crazy. Nope. You can't. Like, the Chargers so far have been pretty good stopping the run. Like, you can't give them those, those explosive plays. I'm completely comfortable letting Dak Prescott dink and dunk his way down the field and wait for him to make a mistake or wait for someone to make a mistake. I'll take that. That's what the Chargers feasted on. Week four. That's what the that's what Staley's defense feasts on. Like make them drive down the field and give your defense some more opportunities to make them make mistakes. Such a pain in the ass to watch. It is. It is. It's It's nauseating to watch. Like so. Oh god, here they go. They're gonna score. (laughs) Oh, oh, they uh, they settle for a field goal. Okay, okay. Or they intercepted the goal line. All right. (laughs) Avoided that catastrophe. Thank you. Uh, yeah. So. It's kind of interesting. I've heard some local Dallas uh, narratives around like, oh, you know, literally people have said like the, you know, Joey Bosa is great. Cleo Max a beast when it comes to pass rushing, but he could be had on the ground. I'm like, what? That's not, that's not what I've seen, but okay. Uh, there's, there's just a lot of misconceptions of this Chargers team. And I, for as much crap has been talked about this Chargers defense, like they are not as far off as people think. And you look at the guys that they have had to go up against those first four weeks and compare it to who the Cowboys have had to go up against. And we'll get to the defense for the Cowboys here in a second. But Chargers offense, excuse me, Chargers defense have had to go up against like juggernaut playmakers. Like, think about this. Tyreek Hill, Justin Jefferson, Devontae Adams, Josh Jacobs, Jalen Waddell, Derrick Henry, all of those guys in four weeks. And you flip it to the Cowboys. They went up against, let's just go four weeks to four weeks. We could talk about the Niners, which that showed what that looked like. The great guys that they went up against was Garrett Wilson being thrown to by Zach Wilson. You had James Conner and Josh Dobbs in Arizona. You had Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley. Okay. <laughs> like, yeah, a little different. And for the Chargers defense, which we're going to get into now here when they go up against, like, C.D. Lamb is not those guys. He's just not. So, Chargers defense has an opportunity here. And I think that's probably the side of the ball that I'm more. I mean, I think I'm definitely more concerned about that side than the Chargers offense, just because that's usually how it goes. But I'm, ex- I'm anxiously optimistic to see this Chargers defense this week. I'll put it that way. Want to flip it? Let's flip it. All right. Floor is yours, my friend. Chargers offense. Cowboys defense, Micah Parsons and company. Gallon Moore is at the helm for this one. <laughs> Jesus, the, the, take the wheel. <laughs> the Chargers, uh, literally, I love the fact, I know that you know some people don't like a buy this early, but honestly, with the Chargers injuries and given their next two opponents that they have, I think this buy came at a perfect time for them. You get to sit back. Kellen Moore, essentially, who already knows this Dallas defense very well, basically gets an extra week to prepare offensively with their game plan. You get Justin Herbert to rest up his finger for an extra week, which interesting quote, Dan, that he said that they have not practiced any snaps under center this week so that there would not do any other damage to his finger. But he said that that does not negate him taking snaps under center during the game which I thought was an interesting uh, thought throughout all that. Obviously, Justin Herbert's wearing the glove to um, help conceal and protect his fractured finger that he suffered during the Raiders game. 
But uh, Dan, I think the thing that I'm really interested, and we kind of got a little bit of a tease in this, in the Raiders game. How is Kellen Moore going to infuse more Mm. of Darius Davis and Quentin Johnston into this? And truly, I think that those are going to have to be the uh, the deep the difference makers. Dallas doesn't have digs in the secondary for this game, so you know that all the attention is still going to go to Keenan Allen from them from a secondary standpoint. So whether it's Josh Palmer, Quentin Johnston, they will probably be seeing one on ones for the majority of this game. How are you going to infuse them into a bigger role, getting them more targets, getting them more snaps? That is what I want to see the creativity here. For some reason, Gerald Everett, anytime he's gotten the ball, which has been very little this year, has just been been, breaking tackles. He's been been that dude, man. He's been that dude. Gerald Everett hit the gym in the offseason, man. Either he's (laughs) plowing through guys or they're just bouncing off of him. But he's at least able to make the first guy and break away from a tackle (laughs) and just do that. Give me some more of the tight ends in between the 20s not just in the red zone, which I know that they loved using Donald Parham in that through the first three weeks of the season. But let's utilize the tight ends more often in between the 20s. So this is all Kellen Moore's game plan, Dan. And this is what I'm excited about because in a weird way, we have seen how Kellen Moore game plans week in and week out as opposed to another individual that (laughs) ran the exact same type of generic type offense Every single week. The Gus Bradley of offenses. I'm really excited about this. And just the cherry on top, it's the former team that he used to coach for. So kind of like the Nathaniel Hackett thing with Denver, but not obviously with all the dramatics because there's no bad blood here. But it's kind of like that. That's how I feel. It's just like, let Kellen Moore get real deep into his bag and pull out his entire arsenal of tricks for this one. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. The Mike Williams injury is brutal. And, and you've seen how that has affected this Chargers team on offense. Like there's no question. I do wonder though, if it may benefit a lot of this Chargers offensive players. Like I think it will benefit Quinton Johnson in terms of like fast tracking his development. And obviously I think it'll help Josh Palmer from a productive perspective standpoint and it's going to help Gerald Everett specifically this game I hope to God that you are correct the Cowboys linebacking core without Van Der Esch and without the I forget the guy's name who they drafted from Overshone from Texas both those guys are not in this game that linebacking unit is not good like then Micah Parsons may have to play more off ball linebacker Please, please let him play that. Get him Furthest, off the line. You can get him away from the quarterback. <laughs> I love that. Play him at safety. I think he'd be a great safety, personally. <laughs> no, but that part of the field is wide open to be had. And so I'm starting Gerald Everett on my fantasy team. No question. He should feast in this game. Can we please, and I think this buy came at a good time, not just from a health standpoint, but it gave the Chargers two extra weeks without having to worry about like a game plan or a game. How to get Quentin Johnson going, especially now that Mike Davis is, or Mike Davis, Mike Williams is not there. I don't necessarily, and I don't know if this is just because they've had other guys making plays, but one kind of knock that I'll, put on Kellen Moore is I don't necessarily know if I've really seen him set up Quentin Johnston for success so far this season. Now I think there have been way maybe bigger priorities for him to worry about. And maybe that's kind of has been a nice to have and he can wait on that. But even the looks that Quentin Johnston has gotten, I don't necessarily know if all of them have really been like in his wheelhouse in terms of like, simplifying things for him, getting him in areas and opportunities that he's great at, that he's comfortable with and letting him flourish in those and then take the top off, then go for the fade routes. Like then I'm cool with it. But like they've done a couple of the screens. I'll give you that. 
But like, where's the the drag routes? Where's the like where are the slants that allow him to catch the ball in full stride? Like where like get him though. Like that's what you saw all over his film. And you're start, you're starting to see some of that stuff with Darius Davis a little bit. But that's Quentin Johnson's like MO. And they just haven't done that. And this is the game to do that. You get Darius Davis, Quentin Johnson running drag routes, crossers. That is like chef's kiss, in my opinion. So I think this is a big game for in between the hashes. And then feast on those and then blow the top off. That's going to be that's a ferocious pass rush that they have. And I don't care what they say about Micah Parsons, how to play linebacker and away from the ball. Like, no. If he does that, thank you. Like <laughs> that's that's easy. This Eckler being back is huge. Like this, this <laughs> like if I'm Kellen Moore right now, I am just licking my chops at the number of ways that this Chargers offense can target that Cowboys defense. And I know this Cowboys defense is good and statistically they have all kinds of stuff, but they have not gone up against the weapons the Chargers have. Period. And even the Niners, they have great weapons, but not they're not the same type of weapons as the Chargers have. Again, they're I'm not saying they're worse, but like Debo Samuel, George Kittle, Brandon Ayuk versus Quentin Johnson, Michael or Keenan Allen, Austin Eckler. Like those are very different, different types of players. That's like physical, right? Like that's they're like punch it down your throat. And the Chargers like, I'm running right by you. They haven't gone up against a team like that. They haven't. So, I know I kind of went off on a tangent here for a bit. But, look, the, the Chargers offense, you're, you are you got to be bullish. Seventh in scoring. They're fifth in total yards per game. Sixth in passing. Fourth in air yards per attempt. Like, they're good. Sixth in passing. Fourteenth in rushing. Like, they're pretty balanced. Dan, you were talking about the Dallas defense and who they have up front. I said this on Monday when we came back. I was, I, in a roundabout type of way, I was actually glad that even though the Chargers got the win, I was glad that they went into their bye week, not just from the health standpoint, but as there were a lot of things to fix in that game offensively. Outside of what Justin Herbert had to do and everything like that, and yes, they came away with a win, that's great. But this offensive line, the first game without playing Corey Lindsley, you could tell that he was missed. Rashawn Slater had the worst game that he has had since he was a rookie. Shout out to Max Crosby, by the way. Yes. Zion Johnson didn't have a good game. Jamari Sawyer didn't have a good game. Wasn't much better for Trey Pipkins. Will Clapp, in a strange... A way was rated the top offensive lineman for the Chargers, which is really bizarre. But I think it gave some extra time for this offensive line to get some cohesion between them because they're going to need it. There is going to be pressure that is going to break through that interior. And what is Justin Herbert going to have to do? I'll be interested to see if they turn it more into a get the ball out quickly type of scenario. And we still don't know what the finger effect is going to have on Justin Herbert and what he is or able is or is not able to do right off the bat. I think it definitely limits the amount of times that you roll play action because is he still able to grip the under ball? center? Yeah. Well, whether it's under center or just even running back with the ball, like how well is he able to grip the ball with mm-hmm. that hand and sticking it out there? So it'll be an interesting thought. So it, it, it's not just going to like, I'm enticed, obviously, from a game plan perspective to see what they're going to do. But they have to go out there and execute because this defense that they're playing that is, is no joke. Whether, whether they're down dicks, digs, whether they're down, that was, had to be really careful there. <laughs> whether they're down Leighton Van Der Esch or, and a couple other guys, it doesn't matter. They're still, they're still going to be able to attack. Totally. Totally. I, I, I find this interesting and I want to get your thoughts on this. You know, the, the vaunted, Cowboys defense, right? And, and they've got some amazing stats if you look at them. Like 
the fifth fewest yards per game allowed in the entire NFL. Second fewest passing yards per game. The one that actually is most impressive to me, Jake, is they have the fewest missed tackles in the NFL. And they've played five games, but fewest missed tackles the entire NFL. They only have nine missed tackles as a team. That's five games. That's insane. That's discipline. And 15 sacks through five games. By the way, the Chargers have more sacks than they do. <laughs> they've only played four. Um, oh, they they got a lot of them in the last <laughs> game. <laughs> Look, um, the part that I wanted to ask you about is second fewest passing yards per game allowed by this Dallas Cowboys defense, which is impressive, right? But also, like, if you look at it a little bit further, you know who has the second fewest passing attempts on them per game? Is the Dallas Cowboys. So opposing teams aren't throwing on them. And because of that, at least partially because of that, they are fe- they have the second best statistically passing defense. So it kind of makes sense. And then rushing side, 21st in rushing yards allowed per game. And so you say, okay, well, if that's the case, then the opposing teams are probably rushing, you know, the 21st most in the NFL. No, they're not. 15th. 15th fewest attempts. Yet they're still allowing the 21st most rushing yards in the game. Eighth most yards per attempt on the ground is this Cowboys defense. So as vaunted as they are and as impressive and like I get all of that, but it kind of reminds me a lot of people talk about like, you know, the, the chargers running game. People say, Oh, the chargers running game is so good defensively stopping the run is so good. The reason why those numbers are good is because everyone's passing on them and they want to, but like the numbers, the attempts aren't there, but the passing guards specific are there on this one. They're not throwing on this defense, and so also the defense is a given numbers. Like it kind, like I don't know. Like numbers can tell a fictitious story sometimes. So I guess what I'm getting at, and I don't necessarily what? know if it's as insane as people are giving it credit for, given the numbers and who they've gone up against. The one time they went up against a good team, a great team, that defense looked bad bad like not even average bad i i don't i don't know like maybe i'm a little too bullish on this i don't know but i just outside of micah parsons and trayvon diggs and leighton vanderesh and lawrence i guess is the other pass rusher like those are the guys that i'm worried about two of them aren't playing what is maybe forced to be a linebacker back in coverage? Like, am I crazy? Am I drinking too much of Kool-Aid? Remember what I said at the beginning of this show that the Chargers fan base in general needed to take a collective breath to step back oh, here we go. to essentially find their smile again? Dan Walkenstein has done that <laughs> to the nth degree. I got you. I get what he is saying in terms of stats, this and that. It kind of doesn't, you know, tell the entire story, you know, yeah, yeah. but I go back, Dan, to Chargers. I have had a tendency these first four weeks of the season and making mediocre look really good. So you can throw all that out the window, in my opinion. I think one stat that really jumps out to me, Dan, is explosive play ratio. (laughs) Chargers obviously need a lot of work to do. Dallas is one of the better teams in the league at not giving up explosive plays. Totally. And that is a direct reflection on the missed tackles that they do not give up. A hundred percent. I agree with you. All right, Jake. Well, it's time. See, now this is the part of the show that I did not miss the past two weeks. (laughs) (laughs) Didn't miss this one at all. No. Uh, By the way, Jake, Chargers offense after a bye Still a top 10 offense in explosive plays. What a world. Mm. All right, here we go. 
Prediction time, Jake. Let's hear your story and your prediction. You may call me crazy for saying this. <laughs> when you look at the next two games that the Chargers have on the docket between the Dallas Cowboys and the Kansas City Chiefs, I know how important divisional games are. I always say winning divisional games is the easiest road to getting to the playoffs. I personally think that this game means more than the Kansas City game because it's in Kansas City, division rival. Very few teams are successful when going to Kansas City. You just know how hard it is to win there. And sometimes when you play Kansas City in Kansas City, most people just go ahead and just automatically chalk that up as an L. This team hopefully in two weeks can surprise me there, but this team for this game against the Dallas Cowboys, I think they have to have it, Dan. One way or another, they have to have it. This is another one of those games where it's like you kind of start looking out ahead because once these, these next two games are over between Dallas and Kansas City, the schedule tapers off into a much little easier stretch for a few weeks that you can feel comfortable about. But this game against Dallas, obviously it's a, I think it's a huge game for them because they're playing an extremely motivated uh, team that is coming back after being embarrassed. You're getting them at home. You're getting them back off of bye. Dan just read the important stat there in terms of what their offense does off of buys, which is a good sign. It's prime time. We've seen Justin Herbert perform well in prime time, so we're all excited for that. You just need to tighten the screws in certain areas. And I'm talking about in all three facets of the game. Your offensive line is going to have to protect your quarterback much better than you did two weeks ago against the Raiders. Your defense is going to have to find some way to contain or slow down Dallas. Your special teams needs to be better than it has been over the past couple of weeks. This needs to be a three-facet win game for the Chargers, in my opinion. So I see it very, very similar to a Miami or a Minnesota game, personally, Maybe not so much as a shootout, but you're going to have both teams that are going to be right there trading leads, maybe three or four lead changes throughout the entirety of the game. And I know I've gone off on a long soliloquy here just in terms of making a simple game prediction. But it's funny. I don't think that any of my predictions on this show have been more than three points if I'm picking the Chargers to win. (laughs) It's not changing today. Chargers take it 27-24. Ooh. Really? Yes. Interesting. And if you want a bold prediction, Quentin Johnston, 65 yards and a touchdown. Wow, Jake, I'm impressed. I'm impressed. I drank a little bit of your optimistic Kool-Aid for that last <laughs> bold prediction. I think I, I think I impacted you for sure. Uh, I got to give a shout out to, to Arjun, formerly of Guilty as Charged. I think he's still with them. Maybe. I don't know. Uh, he put out, he puts out like every week a, you know, pass and rush explosive plays allowed. And you always see kind of the, the rush of 10 plus yards or the pass of 20 plus yards. And you've seen where Chargers lie on that. But he put out one earlier today that I think tells a much more detailed story where it breaks it into a little bit more detail, where it has rushing yards of 10 plus, 20 plus, and 30 plus, and then passing of 20 plus, 30 plus, and 40 plus. Jake, take a guess. Take a guess for the Chargers. Let's do an exercise here. Don't look. How many rushes of 20 plus yards, so 20 plus and 30 plus combined, how many of those rushing has the Chargers defense given up this year? What's your guess? So any rushes of 20 plus yards or more? more? I'm going to say that that's four. One. Just one. What a, what a difference! What a difference a year makes. <laughs> One. How many? Yeah. How many of those plays were we at this time last year? <laughs> ah, way more. It was damn close to double <laughs> digits. That's for sure. Oh yeah. 
So one rushing player, 20 plus yards allowed in four games so far. Now, passing different story. Passing 20 yards plus, 19. 30 yards plus, 9. 40 yards plus, 4. And then 10 yards or more rushing, they've given up 13. Rush defense has been pretty damn good. Like, I don't personally consider a 10-plus yard rush like an explosive play. <laughs> I don't know. But if they can now, with J.C. Jackson out, Derwin James back, like if they can figure that out and be able to kind of steady the ship, just cut that part down by a third. Let's ride. All that to say, I kind of hinted at it before. I think this is going to be a much different looking Chargers defense this week. And you're going to see a very, very motivated Chargers offense behind Kellen Moore. See, I'm struggling because I wanted to just go like full bore and just be like, I was waiting for it. I think I'm going to go 34 24 Chargers. 34 24 Chargers. I think this defense can be sliced. I do. I, I think the Chargers defense, I think, is doing better. Dak is giving balls away. They get three interceptions just last week. I I don't think he's an elite quarterback. I think this secondary for the Chargers is going to be more on a line. 34-24. I came back after the bye, refreshed, rejuvenated, ready to hit this thing going. Put watch this Chargers fan base go balls to the wall crazy. Tell you what, put a six-pack on that spread right now. Ten points? 10 points for for a six-pack. I'm six pack. Put a six-pack on 10. I'll put a six-pack on the actual spread. And I'll go over. Six pack I'll, on I'll, 10 over. Points. I'll go over. What is it? What's, what is the spread currently? I think it's like two or three. Well, that, see, that's too easy. Because then you and I can... Oh, oh it's too, that's too easy now. That's yes. <laughs> you are just really in your optimistic no, bag that you feel that the Chargers are going to win. I'll do, I'll do three to one odds. Three to one. 10-point spread. So nine and a half. I'll do it. So if so if I lose, you get eighteen. Yep. Dude, I'm I'm gonna pick a damn expensive beer too if I win this. <laughs> you got yourself you got yourself a bet. Right. Come on, guys, do not let me down. Uh, all right, so we're both pin victories. <sighs> big. This is such a big game, man. I can't even tell you this. If they win that. And then that Chiefs game happens. That next SoFi game is going to go crazy. Yes. I, uh, I would just feel much better going into Kansas City at 3-2. and two 100%. And, I agree. And I win at 2-3. and three. I don't want to need to win that game at Kansas Correct. City. I'm exactly. with you. I'm with you. Uh, this has been fun. If And also, I'll, I'll up it a little bit, Jake. If the Chargers win, we're going to give away a signed jersey. Tuesday morning. I'll just give it away. Everything yeah. right now. Yeah, I, I would get eighteen beers and a jersey to give away. It's gonna be fantastic. Didn't even know Dan was gonna drop that one. That's like, yeah. okay. Yeah. Uh, that's what you get a car. You get a jersey. You get I'm a the, jersey. I'm the Oprah of optimism. That's what I am. All right, for Jake Hafner, Dan Wilkinson, Charged Unleashed, and LA Football Network. Thank you so much for tuning in. Be sure to hit that like and subscribe button everywhere, and we'll talk to you next on the next Chargers Unleashed. <laughs>